pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. So, the title of this particular episode, I don't love it. I mean, I chose it. I name my own podcast episodes, but I don't like the word dumped. It's really inaccurate. It's very graphic. It's, it's no one was carrying you, you know, and like being dumped, like thrown in the trash. Like, I don't actually know where that particular phrase um, emerged from. But since that is the title of this episode, I am going to assume that you are in that place, that you clicked on this for a reason because a relationship that you were in, whatever kind of relationship that was, has come to an end or a very big change that is uncertain at this moment in time. And it wasn't mostly or it wasn't at all your choice. Maybe this news came to you and it was a surprise like a really terrible surprise. Or maybe it was something that wasn't a surprise, but you were really hoping that you were wrong. Often when we reach this point um, of a breakup, of, of a romantic breakup, it is something we've been feeling for a while, you know? It's something we kind of were suspicious about. We could maybe feel the distance happening in the other person, a little more infrequent you know, good times or just infrequent times in general or an increase in fighting or just this feeling of this lack of closeness or willingness, whatever it is, or just a vibe. Sometimes you just get a vibe, you know. But even still, even when it's not quite a surprise, when it becomes final, that news hits really hard, sometimes so hard that you don't even feel it. Because it's like a crash where your body just is like, this is too much. And your body just like is numb, right? It's like um, in my upcoming book, Crash Bloom, which is all about growing through your breakup in a creative way, in the soft shoulder kind of way, (laughs) a self-loving kind of way. But it starts with the crash. And it starts with that moment of like, you know, Some people might feel it right away, but sometimes it just kind of feels like you don't know what is happening. And I imagined it like, like a big, um, what are those called? Um, airbags in a car, you know, where it's like some kind of force comes around you, a big cushiony thing. And it's like, you know, you're not really okay, but you're cushioned in the not knowing. And you're just sort of sitting there wondering what the hell just happened to your life and to your relationship. There are some things in life where when they change, they're a little easier to compartmentalize. And then there are other changes in our lives where it, it affects everything. And now 
not everybody feels this way about their love lives or their romantic relationships or other close, intimate relationships. I feel that very strongly. For me, if I'm going through a breakup, whether that's with a friend or the focus of the book really is about romance and love, um, it affects everything, <laughs> which is why it is so painful, right? Because it's like we can't really escape it. And depending on who you are and where you are and how uh, intertwined and how like deeply connected this relationship was in the fabric of the other areas of your life, like if you live together, for example, you know, like if you work together, if you share children together, if you go to school together, if you had really strong routines or they were helping you with something very significant, you were in the middle of some things where their absence isn't just like, oh, I don't have someone to hug and kiss anymore, but it's like their absence really shakes up the foundation of your life as it functions. It's so incredibly disruptive. And I think that there's a lot of shame for the for those of us who feel it very deeply. And um, yeah, you know, and so it's just something that we just, we got to get over. We got to get through. We got to show up for our jobs. We got to show up for our kids. We got to show up for our other friends or just get out of bed in the morning. And we don't know who we are. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know why we're doing it. We don't know if we're going to burst into tears at the drop of a hat or when a song comes on or when somebody wears blue. Like, it's just, it's amazing how this can rock you in the early days of grieving. And it's a little scary to go about your life like that, isn't it? If you're not sure, you know, those times when you're grieving and you're just like, I don't know, I might just start bawling at any moment. So it's a little bit scarier to go to a dinner party or a birthday party or to work or to anything, right? Where it's just like, I don't know if I can keep this in. And um, I'm not saying that you should keep it in, but obviously if you're going to share this part of you, you want to do it with people ideally who care about you and who understand and are going to hold space for you, right? And your boss probably isn't the person that you're going to be doing that with, although sometimes that happens <laughs> and you'll be fine. You're not the first. <laughs> I can tell you that. There's probably so many stories out there and maybe you even have one of like, wow, I was just, I was so heartbroken. In fact, if you have one of those stories, email it to me. I would love to hear it where you're just so heartbroken and out of control with your grief and, you know, this is going to happen. Like, I absolutely, I, I'm pretty sure that I have been the topic, not that the, <laughs> it sounds incredibly like everybody's talking about me, but like I've made a scene is what I will say. And if, <laughs> if I had been another patron in the coffee shops or modes of transportation where I had made those scenes, I would be telling people about it. I'd be like, oh my God, this woman was absolutely losing it today next to me in the coffee shop because I did, you know, and it's rare to see it and it's uh, it's rare to do it. And um, I don't know, I just got comfortable along the way. Some, I mean, it's not comfortable in the moment. I guess I just stopped trying to hold it down. I stopped trying to hold it in. I was 
in a coffee shop. And if the tears are coming, they're coming. I just brought a handkerchief and let myself have my feelings at my table. Um, uh, (laughs) It's actually really funny how like a lot of people will just let you do that. You know, they just they won't bother you partially because I think it's maybe respect. Maybe it's also because they don't know what to say. But every once in a while, someone would check in. And I remember one of these times um, I was trying, I was, I was still trying to save something. I had been dumped (laughs) and I was still trying to save it. I was like, if this person, like, I want to give it one more go. I want to do the grand gesture. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this story before, but I was doodling about it. And I was, I sent out this like, you know, or I was, no, I was about to email or text this person or make the plan to make my big grand gesture. And I received an email that was made it very clear that that grand gesture was a bad idea. It was like the finality of this thing that was happening was like, finally, just like the door was really slammed shut in my face (laughs) in this email. And I read the email in the coffee shop. And so I burst into tears because it was like, it hit me that this is real. And it hit me that this is final. And I happened to be receiving the news in a public place. And the person next to me said, are you okay? And I just turned to them with like total Courtney Love, like black eyeliner. Like I was just like, (laughs) just you can picture it. It's cute, you know. And I turned to them and I just said, "Um, no, but I will be. That was the most honest thing I could say. Like, I'm not okay right now. I'm not going to be like, I'm fine. Like, I was not fine. <laughs> I was absolutely destroyed. I was absolutely heartbroken. And I said, no, okay, but I will be because the truth is for me and for you, dear listener, you're, you are going to be okay. And I know that it's easy for me to say, A, maybe we've never met. <laughs> so you're like, well, what does Danette know? But also... I've been through so many times, so many heartbreaks where I thought I wasn't going to be okay afterwards. And the truth is, I was okay 100% of those times. And heartbreak is only one area, one hard thing. I'm sure you have had hard things in your life that you have gotten through. And there has been moments in your past where you thought you wouldn't survive it and you thought you wouldn't make it through and you did. And it maybe it changed you. And I'm not saying that any of those things were easy. And I'm not even saying that you if you had to do it over that you might be like, God, I really wish I hadn't gone through that. Um, but the truth is, is that you're here experiencing a new kind of pain, which means that you survived all the pain that came before. So if you've just been dumped, I just want to say, I am so sorry that you're experiencing this. I know very, very well the particular kinds of pain of heartbreak. And I also want to say that it's so beautiful that you're listening to this, okay? Because in the early days, when you're that messy post-crash self, um, you know, really drop your expectations because it's amazing um, (laughs) how difficult everything is. The fact that you're here, that you even just had the wherewithal, I don't know how this episode found you. Maybe it was sent to you from a friend. Maybe you're a regular subscriber and it popped up, but you dared to click on it when it was so 
yikes resonant for you right now. Um, but you, you clicked on it and you're here listening. You're listening to a soothing voice, comfort you, attempt to comfort you, right? You're listening to how you're going to be okay. You're reaching out for help in this way. You're like, this podcast might say some things that are going to help me feel a tiny, I'm not, not even going to say better, but a little less shitty, you know, just a little bit just to get through this next 40 minutes or whatever. And I want to acknowledge that the fact that you did that, although it seems so simple, that is an amazing sign that you, there's a little part of you in there that wants to feel better. There's a part of you in there still that wants to hope. And there's a part of you in there that is like, hey, there's someone who can help me. There are people that can help me. There are books that can help me. There are messages that can help me. There will be helps in some form. And even if you can't fully like wrap your mind around it right now, there's that little part of you that has a feeling that you're going to be okay because otherwise it wouldn't bother. So if you're listening to this already, amazing news, you are taking care of yourself in this exact moment by listening to these words. And I'm really honored that you're choosing to be here for this moment because um, I've been a listener (laughs) in those times. I've been so grateful for the other moments, but I also know that feeling of like um, how important just a moment like this can be, right? So thank you for allowing me to support you in this way, in this moment, this stranger out there in the universe, right? My heart to yours. Another thing I want to tell you is that if you have just been dumped, there's absolutely like no proper way, no quote unquote normal way to experience this and to go through with this. I speak about this and write about it from mostly my experience, mine personally, and those I've coached and friends of mine. I know that there's some variance, right, in terms of how we do this. It's You don't have to do it any particular way. However you're feeling in this particular moment right now is exactly how you're supposed to feel. There's no supposed to with breakups. There's no supposed to with grief. You might feel fine. (laughs) If you were, you probably weren't listening to this. So that's why this episode is geared towards people who just really want to curl up with a soft shoulder for a moment, right? But tomorrow you might feel fine and that might shock you. You might feel excited and that might disturb you. Wait a minute. I was so in love two days ago and then I got dumped and I was devastated and now it's like not even a week later and I'm already making plans and feeling groovy about my future. There's nothing wrong with that. Allow yourself to feel whatever it is you're feeling and listen to what you're actually feeling instead of trying to figure out what you're supposed to be feeling because yes you'll have that day where you're like really excited about who else might be out there for you that's better or what this freedom might open up for you or wow I didn't realize I was holding myself back sacrificing to be a good partner to this person but now I'm actually kind of excited about the choices I can make like relocating uh going to school somewhere else Um, maybe you are working with them and you're like, I've always wanted to leave this job and now I'm going to, and 
maybe I wouldn't have if we just worked together this whole time, you know, like you might get rushes of excitement and then you might smell the pizzeria that's like down the street where the two of you used to hang out and then you might just be a mess all over again. This, I don't want to use the word normal, but like this is understandable, natural, part of the wild creative process of grief, right? We just don't know. When people say grief happens in waves, that's what this experience is like, right? So allow yourself, be curious every day when you wake up, this is an opportunity to just check in, check in to see how you're really feeling about all of this. I think the reason I was, I just had a meeting with the cover designer of um, my upcoming book, which is so exciting. (laughs) Some of you really understand how long I've been working on this project and how dear it is to my heart. The reason why I wrote the book was because at the time I couldn't find a book to say what I wanted it to say. And I realized after being a whiny little brat complaining about how someone else should have written this book. (laughs) Um, I was like, wait a minute, there's a part of me that knows exactly what I need to hear because I was hoping that someone else had written it. But I knew what the chapters were. I knew what was missing. I knew what I wanted to hear. And I started writing from that place. The thing is, the best thing that you can do is number one, be kind, be kind. It's the biggest tiny thing. It's just one little thing. Be kind to yourself. That means not judging where you are, what you're experiencing. That means giving yourself all the room in the world to feel whatever it is that you're feeling and to let it out. Being kind means doing that in a safe space or being with people that who you trust. Being kind is taking a break. You might need to call in sick. I did. Okay. Like I could not function. There was some breakups where I could not function, could not stop crying. It was not helpful for me or anyone else I was working with. And I called in, but you don't say I'm calling in heartbroken. Um, you know, you just say, I'm not well, whatever you have to say, if you are canceling calls <laughs> or, or calling in sick at the time I was, uh, I was working for someone else and I had to like make a real actual phone call. Like there was no emailing the boss. <laughs> so I woke up so early, like before the receptionists would get there so that I didn't have to talk to a person and I called in sick. And I gave myself that space, that it was being kind. Like the best place for me right now is being at home. Being kind means allowing yourself to feel the pain, but not judging yourself for feeling the pain. It's also about not judging anything that happened up until that moment, including this moment. If you didn't see it coming, that's fine. You don't need to judge yourself for it. If you saw it coming, but couldn't stop it, you also don't need to judge yourself for it. You know, going into that cycle in your brain, which is so, so tempting, right? Like, how could I have stopped this? What could I have done differently? It's usually like a really misguided form of torture on your own mind. These are questions that don't have answers. And you couldn't have known. You know now, right? But we're all doing the best we can. And even in times where usually I operate without any regrets Um, until (laughs) it's not what you're thinking, but until I read Daniel, is it Daniel Pink's book of the power of regret? 
I hope so. Um, it was just an interesting uh, conversation that he's having about regret and about how typically we relate to regret and we pride ourselves on having no regrets. But he's um, has written an entire book uh, offering the perspective that maybe d- regrets are okay and um, how they can actually really serve us in our lives and when they don't. Right. So there's a, it's like you're, you can, you can kind of go into regret a little bit and get some value, but then you don't want to stay there too long because it can very quickly tip into, um, it's like eating something really lovely and sweet, but like if you eat too much of it, it becomes poison, basically. (laughs) That's regret. That's my nutshell (laughs) about regret. So, you know, there's been times where I've been looking, look back at a relationship that came to an end when there was confusion when there was a lot of pain involved and I wondered, could I have done something differently? And it was a very loving practice for years to have that no regrets mindset because what I was really doing, dear listener, was forgiving myself. Because if I could come up with all these regrets, then it was a list of things I did wrong, a list of ways that I'd failed. At the time, that was not actually going to help me. And I was taking on too much responsibility because In a relationship, you're not the only one there. There's someone else, someone else whose thoughts, feelings, behaviors, actions, ability to change or not change, you don't have control over that, right? So you can only be accountable and responsible for the things that you have agency in, right? So yeah, were there missed signs along the way? Maybe, Um, you know, but I mean, what's the kind way to have that thought, right? Beating yourself up over it is not the kind way. I think if it's early days, the kind thing is just to put a pin in it. Deal with that later. You can journal about that in a month, okay? There's plenty of time to unpack. But for the moment, kindness Kindness means accepting what's going on, including the fact that maybe you're not accepting it yet, right? Be like, I accept the fact that I am not willing to accept this. (laughs) That statement might be true. Find the true kind statement. And this might be something that every day you need to remind yourself of in the first little while. Another way of being kind is... And, you know, when I'm talking about kindness in this context, I'm talking about self-compassion, right? So part of that is like just calming yourself down, forgiving yourself, not being critical, not being harsh. But also part of compassion is connecting with your humanity, which means connecting with other humans. The fact that so many other humans experience this, you are not the first heartbroken person This isn't something, this isn't the result of you being uniquely flawed, uniquely unlovable, uniquely wrong, okay? You know that the world is full of broken hearts. Now, this moment, tomorrow there will be new ones all throughout history. So many songs have been written about this. So much art has been made about this. People have poured themselves into their heartbreak. It's everywhere. So you get to surround yourself with that art and music if it's comforting. I find that comforting. You know, that feels like an act of kindness to me is to normalize it, right? So to, to 
relate to either like a book or a movie or um, sad music. I know people think maybe that's wallowing or (laughs) unhealthy. I actually find it incredibly soothing. And Susan Cain talks about this in her book, Bittersweet, about that why do we listen to sad music? And why do people who listen to sad music um, feel happy when they listen to the sad music? Like there's something really cathartic and beautiful, meaningful about it. So remembering that you're not the only one and people have dealt with this so differently and there's nothing wrong with how you're feeling or what you're going through. It's just incredibly uncomfortable and incredibly heartbreaking. And you may be questioning a lot of things in your life that a week ago you weren't. And that's a lot to take on. So be gentle with that as that you would for a friend. If you had a friend whose life blew up in some way, And all of a sudden, they didn't know where they were going to school. They didn't know where they were working. They didn't know where they were going to live. They weren't sure what was going to happen. All of their plans and dreams have changed all of a sudden. And they have to do a real, like, they got to sit down and look around and take stock and figure out what's happening. And it's not going to happen overnight. If that was one of your dearest friends, how would you treat that person? What would you expect from that person? How would you love that person? You know, so that's the way you want to think about looking at yourself in this moment. Also, be that kind friend to yourself. That means no rushing, no criticism, just being there. The good news is there's, as I said, there's been like, you know, hearts are broken all the time, all the time, brutally. Some of it is like, even if you were dumped by somebody who did it as most kindly and responsibly as possible. Because some people break up amazingly. (laughs) They're like, they are very clear about the why. They are kind. They don't take up too much space. They don't make a bunch of excuses. They are clear. As Brene Brown says, clarity is kindness. You know, they don't be like, oh, I don't know. You know, they leave you wondering what the hell is going on. If they just, someone just says to you as as harsh as it could be, they're not in love with you anymore. They want to explore something different. They just don't feel that this is the right relationship for them long term. And they owe it to you to be honest. And they owe it to themselves to be honest. Um, they've fallen in love with someone else. Um, you know, and, and they're just being really clear about it. And they're sorry that they're hurting you, you know, like even if they cover all the bases and then give you the space, it still (laughs) sucks, you know, like it still sucks. It's still hard to hear that. It's terrible. But then there are the breakups that are messier because humans don't know how to do this. Um, We don't get training in how to like ethically break up with people. And it is so vulnerable and uncomfortable to be the dumper, to be the one who's breaking up with someone else. Like you might have never, ever in your life have done something for you. You might have never in your life had permission to be what other people might think is as selfish or to put yourself first. And certainly you might be a person who, you know, was taught that you do not upset anyone. 
You do not anger anyone. You do not hurt anyone, no matter what the cost. And those people will often stay in relationships because they are terrified and don't know how to speak up for what they want, which is to leave. It is so, it's amazing that people can actually get the courage to end a relationship because usually it is so complicated. It's not just like, you know, a black and white situation. You know, there's feelings there. There might still be love there, a lot of love there, and still the right decision is to leave. So even there, that's hard. But because we're not taught how to do that and we're like, you know, conditioned to like, avoid conflict and all of that, sometimes the breakups are incredibly sloppy. And sometimes they're just like, they just didn't need to be like that, you know, <laughs> but we're, we're all doing the best we can. But maybe they're over explaining why maybe they're, you know, justifying it, like get, talking a lot. Maybe all of a sudden, for the first time, they're feeling this like, wow, I'm finally being honest. And they don't hold back and they say really hurtful things that were not necessary for you to hear that are only really causing harm. They're not anything you needed to know about. Um, that happens sometimes. They get on this like excitement of like, I'm just being honest. So honesty is good. But yeah, not all of it. <laughs> okay. Not all of it. As someone who has probably delivered some terrible moments of quote unquote honesty, but I've definitely also been on the receiving end. And I can tell you, there's some things I really wish they'd kept to themselves. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And then there's the other messier stuff of betrayal, where the relationship comes to an end, but from infidelity, from betrayal, from some other thing that is like way just super complicated, hurtful on a whole other level. And the ending of the relationship is just like frosting on this shit sandwich, which I guess you don't put frosting on the sandwich, but you know what I'm saying? They all hurt. They all hurt. They all have their different complicated nuances and layers, but they all hurt and heartbreaks are heartbreaks. So here you are, right? You're in this place, all of that artwork out there written by people who were miserable and brokenhearted, guess what? Those people moved on. Those people found love again. Those people listened to their old songs and they might still feel something, but it didn't stop them. It didn't end their love life. It didn't end their life there. Even though they so passionately capture <laughs> the incredible pain of brokenheartedness. They also healed in some ways, found their ways forward, moved on with life and wrote new songs or painted new paintings or made new movies. And you will too one day, but you know what? You don't have to think about that right now. Let me think about that. Let me hold that space of knowing you're going to be okay. Like one of our previous episodes here, uh, worry is not a love language. I'm not worried about you. You're heartbroken. I feel for you. I'm like, you know, I understand. I empathize with you. I know what that feels like. I also know that your experience is different from mine. But I'm not worried about you. Because I know that you're going to be okay. Even though you can't see it, I can see it. And other people in your life can definitely see it. Let them hold on to that vision of you being okay. Let yourself not be okay. <laughs> Other people 
they're they're not worried about you and we'll just hold that vision of like you know what at some point this listener is going to get through this it's going to be rough and they're going to grow and they're going to do it and new things are going to come in and we don't even know what those things are but there is more to life life is always wanting to live life is always growing evolving from the muck comes you know incredible things over time right things get composted and they become new life in other forms and your life will do this too but you don't have to rush it you don't have to rush it if you have just been told that your relationship is over that's all you need to be with right now this moment of change and this kindness this self-compassion unconditional self-love if love is too big of a word just allowing accepting including accepting the fact that you don't accept this let yourself be a mess the truth is you're gonna be a mess whether you let it out or whether you shove it down and if you were vomiting you know, and someone, if you felt like you had to vomit and someone was like, hey, you should just shut that down. It doesn't work. I think what's different about that is like, we know that once we let it out, we're going to feel better. But there's something about heartbreak and grief where we're not sure. We're not sure because it's really scary. It's scary to think about like, well, if I start letting it out, maybe it's never going to stop. That's all the more reason to let it out. You can do this in a journal can do this alone in your room you can cry in your car you can talk to a friend you can have a therapist a coach whoever support group anyone random strangers on pinterest (laughs) whoever it is you know let it out let yourself be a mess you might be surprised at how when you allow yourself to do it i I find it goes faster. And I know that's not the point, (laughs) but you know, it's sort of just like, if it's got to come out, it's going to come out sometime. The more that I release and express how I'm feeling, the more information I get about how I'm really feeling, right? For me, I do a lot of like journaling and speaking. Language is a big part, but it might not be that way for you. It might be like moving your body, moving the energy through your body. It might be with sobbing, and then, you know, fighting. I mean, like, sorry, I was thinking, <laughs> I'm not condoning going out and punching people. I was imagining martial arts. Okay, so I was like going to like a boxing gym, going to like just running, swimming, dancing, uh, gardening, aggressive house cleaning, you know, like any kind of thing where it's like it might not be language for you, but you know you got to move something out of your body. The more you start to do that, you start to listen. And whether it's language, like in a journal, or the language of energy and movement in your body, new things start to come up. So another um, chapter in the book that is coming up is um, called Fuck Poetry. And this was inspired by a writer named Kat Goodale. Hello, Kat. And um, she was doing this thing for a long time called Fuck Poetry, where it was basically... um, a very cathartic way to sort of deal with stuff you don't really like in your life. That's my like, (laughs) let's just say that if you're really angry, 
it's like this great way of just like releasing, releasing all of the rage in a very specific way. Recently, I needed to write some fuck poems and I wrote one that was like pages and pages long. And towards the end, it was so interesting because the things that were coming up in the beginning of the write, and this is with fuck poetry, but it's also just with journaling in general. This is why it's so handy, but it's like, it's coming up, it's coming up, I'm releasing it, taking it out of my body and onto the page, right? If you're new to journaling and you feel like, oh, she's not talking to me, just try it. You don't have to show anyone permission to just rip the paper up, shred it, light it on fire when you're done. But still, the act of taking something from inside of you to outside of you on the page where you can see it separates you from that story. And then you can kind of see it there. You're like, oh, wow, look at this. Look at this angry story that came out of here. So then it's not just reality. It's a story that was in me and is now not in me. That little moment of detachment, of separation is very powerful. So when I started writing this particular fuck poem, I was really going at it and I was, oh, I was so clever. I was so pleased with myself. (laughs) And, you know, it's hard to do that because, you know, these particular poems are meant to be the harshest of the harsh, not meant to be shared. And I think that's very important, not just to not cause harm to others, which should be important to all of us. But sometimes it's also like, don't create problems for yourself later because you are responsible for what you're putting out there, right? So even if you're sharing it with a friend or whatever, you know, I I think I'm very mindful about the kind of energy I'm putting out there because I don't want to deal with that mess (laughs) later. So I try not to make that mess in the first place, okay, by sharing it. So it starts off, you know, ragey and clever and biting. And I'm like, this is some of my best vicious work. It was so satisfying. And then so interesting how it just kept evolving, evolving, evolving. And then the anger started to fade and it started to get really sad and it started to become really honest. And my heart was almost revealed. It was almost like all of the the fuck parts and the angry parts were like on the outside. And as I was shaking it, shaking it, shaking it like a dog shaking off a lake. And then all of a sudden there was just this sweet little dog there, which was like my heart. And it was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so hurt. I'm so sad. It was this truth that was just a little too painful to get to. So it was surrounded by anger, you know, but by shaking it out through journaling, through writing poetry, through whatever, it came up, you know? And so sometimes the crying is just those layers of the onion and there's something else. It will change. Emotions are in motion. They move. They're meant to move. It's healthy for them to move. So, you know, do what you can to allow yourself and give yourself permission to feel it in the first place and then to find safe ways to let it move through you. And if there's so much of it right now that you feel like this is your full-time job, then let this be your permission slip to also take breaks, you know, allow yourself to be distracted for a bit, tell who if you're talking to friends or loved ones, family members about this particular thing, you can request, you know what, let's, Let's not talk about my whole relationship. Let's not talk about that at all right now. I just want to laugh. Let's watch this comedy or let's watch this sporting event or whatever and just not think about it. You know, you're allowed to take breaks because it is work. It's work. Your body is processing a lot right now. 
So I send you so much compassion, dear listener, to you and your newly broken heart. Know that you're not alone in this and that, yeah, you are feeling probably really isolated. This is something that only you are experiencing in this way. Like, I really love the paradox of, you know, how common it is for us humans to feel so alone and we can be all together feeling so alone at the same time, which means we're not really alone, but we are really alone, you know? So <laughs> this is this is true. This Both of this is true. I don't know what it's like for you right now because I am not you in your unique form and I wasn't in a unique relationship with this other miracle of life person who is now your ex. And I don't know that particular flavor of the dynamic that only the two of you had, only the two of you can ever have. Because it's different when you throw a new human into the mix, right? So I don't know what that particular flavor of loss is like. Only you do. Just like you can kind of guess what I might have gone through, but you don't know exactly. And somehow in this sea of paradox and broken hearts, we can wave to each other. We can remind each other to be kind. We can give ourselves permission to cry. You know, I made up a story about that coffee shop. Like people probably thought it was, you know, like, oh God, look at that woman. And I realize now, even just from talking to you, maybe there was other people in that coffee shop who had also had that experience <laughs> because now I am one of those people. Like I'll be in a coffee shop I'll or a bu- I'll be on a bus and I'll see someone sobbing, you know, and I just like quietly, energetically send love to them. I know exactly what that's like to be bawling your eyes out on the subway. And maybe that's the whole coffee shop was full of people who felt that way. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But whatever it is, however it expresses itself in you, you're doing amazing by the fact that you're still here listening, that you're listening to some kind words and seeking kind words. Let yourself also be the source of kindness right now. Things are going to change and they'll change quickly. And the grieving will come and sometimes it is a a surprisingly long time. Sometimes our hearts are broken and they don't ever fully, like they heal, but they don't ever, you don't ever fully just like not care about that person. There are some relationships that are always just going to like make their mark and have that space in your heart. When I, as I've gotten older in my life and different different entered the dating world at different stages of my life one of the things I would look for was somebody who had experienced loss because some people hadn't yet (laughs) and I wanted somebody who understood that bittersweetness I wanted somebody who has knows what it's like to love and to lose because then when you come back to loving again it's different right you know what it's like to lose and it changes the quality of your love. It, it's um, a way that your love matures also, right? You realize, you know, that this could end. <laughs> you realize that you could be caught off guard, you know? That's some of the strange gifts that life gives to us when we lose things. It reminds us how temporary everything is, how precious everything is, and not to take things for granted and to listen to ourselves and to find partners who have that capacity to feel as deeply as you feel. 
because if you're listening to this, I have a sense that you are one of those deep feelers too. It's a gift. There's nothing wrong with it. Do not apologize. Do not hold yourself back. You know what? You should like, people should thank you for crying in public. (laughs) They should thank you for like normalizing it, for being such a badass, for being so brave, to be so vulnerable, to be like, I loved so much. This pain is a reflection of how deeply I loved. That's how that works. I want to be one of those people. I want to be a lover, which means I'm also going to be a crier (laughs) in a coffee shop every so often. Dear listener, I wish you such kindness from yourself and from the world around you right now. Listen to this as many times as you need. Reach out also if you want support from a coach who gets it. That's me, Danette, and you can find me at RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com. Reach out anytime. I'd love to talk to you and find creative ways to move through this. It's, you know, you may not want to hear this, but it is a pretty phenomenal time in your life. There is nothing that opens some of us up the way heartbreak does, the way your life gets opened up. It's really, really hard, but also there's so much opportunity here to really know yourself, to really meet yourself, to create and strengthen what you want to create and strengthen for the life that you're living. And some of the most powerful transformations happen around this time. I've had many clients who don't come to me um, specifically because of a breakup, but it's around the time of that transition because all of a sudden there's things that you were maybe secretly hoping for or wanting for yourself. But when you are building a committed partnership, you might have uh, certain limits like mentally or just logistically into um, how much risk you're willing to take, right? Like maybe there's something you've always wanted to do. It just was so inconvenient to do that while in the relationship you're in. Don't lose hope. You don't have to get caught up in the future right now, but just know that I'm over here knowing that there's some pretty cool coming attractions in your future. And, um, All you need to do is be the amazing person that you are and not rush a single moment of this. It's actually a beautiful time. The veil is thin. I find that um, when I'm grieving or in those throes, it's like you might find other people going through that at the same time. It's been a time that can really deepen certain friendships. Like if you you have a coworker that you're just acquaintances right now, you both happen to be going through a divorce. It's kind of amazing how the roads of your life can kind of twist and turn at times like these in some pretty remarkable ways. Dear listener, you're perfect. You're doing exactly what you need to be doing. You are someone worth loving. Yes, you are. It all starts with you. Take good care of yourself. Keep taking good care of that heart of yours. And we will talk to you soon.